I almost signed off. I almost signed off with love ya. And then I realized I, that that was the <laughs> sign off for the other podcast. I, I was, as you were starting to sign off, I was like, ooh, what's the over under <laughs> on Martha doing the wrong sign off? <laughs> oh, nice. I didn't do it, but I also would not have taken that bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Did You Do Your Homework, the pop culture podcast connecting academic ideas to popular media. We are back to help you out in these troubling times. Um, My name is Martha Sullivan. On an ordinary day, I am a young adult librarian and appreciator of YA media, um, graphic novels, video games, nerdy stuff. Um, This is not a normal day. It has been a while since you've heard from us, and I apologize for that. Um, But before we truly get into that, we are joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm Pete Romberg. I'm an online curriculum editor and creator. And honestly, in terms of my workflow, this has been a very... It's been different, but it's been mostly normal. I work... I say I work from home for the past many years. That has meant I've worked from coffee shops. Now it means that I actually work from home. Uh, but the my company, at least, has always been a telecommuting company, so uh, the actual nuts and bo- bolts of uh, what I do is not that different. And since we're giving out uh, our curriculum for free to students that to schools that have to close, uh, we're seeing a lot of a lot more business. Um, oh, that rules! Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that's both good for business and good for you know good for schools, good for kids. So uh, it sort of helps out everyone. Well, and I know that. Um, parents who are suddenly having to homeschool their kids for the first time ever are probably mm-hmm. starved for content like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think regular teachers who are suddenly having to rethink how they structure education when they're yeah, not at, yeah, uh, together. Are gonna be, yep, are going to be starved for content like that. Yes. Um, so it's been a bit since you heard from us. I know the last episode that we uh, recorded for you. We said that we would be back with an episode on New Orleans that unfortunately has been delayed. Um, And it is my fault. And I apologize for that. I went through some personal issues that are not kind of worth talking about here. Um, But suffice to say, I am back. I am, I have my recording schedule uh, and I am ready to once again help Pete and my other report recording partner Marin uh, deliver entertainment to your uh, newsfeed. Um, one quick note about kind of the future of the podcast uh, in order to make things more feasible uh, for us to get you an episode on the same schedule that we've been doing uh, Pete and I are going to be going mostly guestless for the foreseeable future. Um, this does not mean that we will never have guests again. It just means that we won't be able to uh, deliver on that with the same frequency that we were doing. Uh, this is not either of our um, jobs. <laughs> we don't make <laughs> any money doing this. Uh, so we have had to kind of pull back uh, and re-examine what we're doing so that we can keep doing it. It's 
purely a labor of love. Uh, we want to keep doing it. We've just had to change kind of what it's going to look like moving into the future. So uh, we already know that you love the sound of our Maleficent. Wow, that's a word I've never said out loud. Maleficent? Uh, <laughs> yes, Maleficent voices. So now you get to hear more of them. Uh, that also probably means that the episodes might be a little bit shorter. It will definitely be easier for you since there will only be two homework assignments rather than three every week, uh, which obviously we all have a lot of time on our hands right now. Uh, but, you know, not uh, doing three homework assignments instead of only doing two is always uh, a little bit of a nice change of pace. I think, and at least for the short term, we will also uh, be focusing more on homework that you can get easily. We've had a couple of things in the past that we've assigned that um, have been a little harder to acquire. Um, I know there have been a couple of things I've only been able to get by the grace of the public library. Um, so I think at least for the short term, we will try and focus on things that are more easily obtainable, whether that's uh, via your library's electronic streaming services or for a fairly affordable rate on Amazon um, or something that you can perhaps order from your local indie bookstore. Um, my, uh, my local indie, The Book Table, is still doing shipped orders. So you can call them, place orders, and they will mail them to you, which is also a really great way to make sure that those places that we love stay in business. And I got to plug my local indie, Boswell Books. They're doing the same thing. So yay for local indie bookstores and uh, figure out how to deal with these these times of closer closures. We are all doing what we can. Um, any other housekeeping stuff that we want to uh, tell our listeners? I think that's about it. Great. Um, so this is normally the part of the podcast where we would tell you what's been stuck in our heads this week before moving on to the main uh, course, as it were, of homework. But frankly, uh, all we have for you this time is a what's been stuck in our heads this week. <laughs> it's going to be the quarantine edition of Did You Do Your Homework? What have we been consuming to keep us sane for the past week? Yes. What have we been uh, reading, watching, playing that has helped us deal with this uh, kind of new normal. I don't know about any of you, but I had to learn how to work from home in like 24 hours. I worked last weekend um, when the library was still open to staff, but ended up closing to the public while they kind of decided what to do. Uh, and then I was off on Monday while management figured out a plan. And by Tuesday, I was picking up a laptop and getting my schedule for my supervisor. And I'm now on a uh, a solid work from home plan in for the foreseeable future. Uh, this was new and frightening to me. Um, it has involved a lot of changes in the way that I work and the way that I approach work. And honestly, uh, Pete, I don't. I, I know that this is more kind of how you've been working, but I, I think that that shock for me was a lot of the re reason that I have been almost incapable of doing any sort of what I would consider to be normal media consumption. Mm -hmm. So I, I joked that I should like, you know, set up a, a webinar for how do you work from home? Um, but like I said earlier, a lot of my work and a lot of my daily schedule was based around going to um, cafes. I would 
like get up in the morning and go to my morning cafe, have a morning cup of coffee and drink a liter of water there. I'd come home, I'd have lunch, I'd keep I'd do a little work from home, and then I'd go to a second cafe and, and drink a cup of coffee and a liter of water there. And that's sort of how I st structured and scheduled my days before all this. Um, now I can't do that. So it's like, even myself, who is entirely used to working from home and whose, um, you know, business is structured to make that work, uh, have had to do a little bit of adjusting. Now it's uh, shifting from, you know, I've got a desk, but then also maybe sitting at the at a chair or with the laptop on my lap or at the, uh, you know, dining room table, just sort of changing my location occasionally uh, to keep myself sane. Um, but I'm a huge believer in having a physical separation between workplace and home place. Um, and that's just a little more challenging now. Yeah, my husband is also working from home. And for the first couple of days, we were both set up at our dining room table. Um, oh, together? No, no, no. <laughs> well, it was, I mean, it was mostly fine. The The big part was when I started uh, being part of the remote call center location, so that which we set up so we can still answer like reference questions for our patrons. Mm -hmm. um, and because most of what my husband does right now is via phone call. So at that point, when both of us were taking phone calls, that was when I was like, well, guess I'm cleaning out our spare room now. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, uh, Marin's also been working from home this past week. Her library was entirely closed on Sunday for cleaning. Um, and then closed to the public Monday and Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, it was like, eh, just go work from home. Um, so she's been navigating that as well, having calls, recording videos, um, things like that. Yes. Um, all libraries should be closed right now. Yes. Uh, CPL or Chicago Public Libraries finally are. They took so long to close. They that took was so long. Embarrassing and dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is a honestly a topic for a whole other podcast that I could get into because part of me understands why it took them so long. Um, but then the bigger part of me says, Lori Lightfoot, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, anyway. it's, it's, it's one of those things, same with closing the schools, like with the libraries closed and the schools closed, it's really an indictment of our society that so much of the like basic social infrastructure is run through those two um services uh yes. in ways that people just don't even think about until they're no longer available yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I i have nothing to add to that um but so the the point of my kind of whole rambling thing is that i have not read a single i had not read a single word of a book from last sunday through to yesterday Wow. So the media that I have, which is the longest I have gone without reading anything this year. Mm -hmm. um, so the media that I have been consuming has been much more, um, it's been video games. It's been a lot of video games. <laughs> uh, well, and we did, this was in a way the perfect week to all be going into quarantine uh, because Animal Crossing came out on Friday, which means everyone's, everyone with a Switch just got a little bit happier. It's true. I have never played an Animal Crossing game before. Neither have I. Are you playing this one? Yeah, of course I am. Oh, uh, we it's... gotta exchange. We gotta get. We gotta exchange friend codes. Yes, yes, we do. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that is. I think the first thing that we can talk about is what I and the rest of the gaming industry uh, like to refer to as life sim games. Mm -hmm. um, I find a deep amount of comfort 
in Stardew Valley is yes. the one that I have been playing the most of before Animal Crossing and now Animal Crossing. Um, but also, uh, recently, Bill, my husband, um, started a Minecraft server for our regular game night uh, mm. attendees. So I have been playing a lot of video games that are sort of gently repetitive, um, that are task-based, but not like quest-based. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm hitting notes in a story. It's like... You're watering your crops. Leo You're harvesting your crops. You're selling your crops for money and repeating every day. Leah would like it if you made her a hot pepper jelly. <laughs> things things is, like that. Is that the person you're pursuing in Stardew Valley or have pursued? I, I have two save files right now um, because I got sort of tired with where I was in the first one. And mm -hmm. in that game, um, yes, Leah was my main pursuit. In my second game, I have very efficiently uh, courted shane because i wanted to see if he got to be less of a scumbag does via he? romance he does yeah that's exciting yeah he all he wants to do is keep chickens oh it's very nice that's nice um but yeah so new animal crossing uh what do we think it is about these games that people are finding so soothing because i thought it was sort of amazing how my twitter timeline just turned into like animal crossing videos yes no, no we're all we're all updating each other on the state of our islands and i will say that it did the same thing when the new pokemon game came out mm -hmm. so i i think there's also something um there that these games involve a community aspect or are at least improved by playing with a community of people which is definitely something that we're starved for right now yeah uh I put a ton, just an embarrassing amount of time into uh, Stardew Valley. I was behind the curve on Pokemon, but I got it about a month ago, and so I've been playing it uh, a lot this past week, um, frequently while also, you know, watching something on TV. Um, uh, and then obviously now Animal Crossing. Um, I think that part of it is... There's a nice sense of accomplishment that these games provide that can sometimes be missing uh, during times like these where, you know, it, it takes a while, but, like, you've gathered enough sticks, now you made an axe, now you're chopping down some trees, now you're getting some wood, and after an hour of gameplay, you can really feel like, oh, I've, I've done these concrete tasks. I have uh, created, you know, the hot pepper jelly for Leah, and now she's happier with me, um, and it's all being tracked and shown in a way that's very um, clear and straightforward. Uh, it's low pressure because you're dictating what you're doing and how you're doing it, but it's also very fulfilling because you can see the the work you have done. And also very specifically um, related to our current situation, it gives me a schedule, mm. which at the moment I don't have. Like I... Um, my work from home hours are the same nine to five that I have had, but like, I don't have to commute anymore. So like, when do I get up? Right. You've got Should some I free put time. on real clothing. Like, so it, it gives me the illusion of having a schedule and like a task list for the day. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel quite at sea with what I'm doing. 
Yeah, I uh, circling back around to working from home, I'm a big proponent of, like, get dressed every day, like, wake up. If, if you normally you take a shower when you wake up, do that. Get dressed, because uh, then you're like, great, I'm ready for the day. Oh, yeah, I have been, I've been waking up at about the same time, uh, going for a walk, mm-hmm. taking a shower, putting on clean clothing. They're not always like work-appropriate clothing, yeah. Yeah. but they are at least clean. They are not the clothes that I slept in. Um so I, I've been trying to maintain. I've been eating breakfast every day, mm-hmm. which is new for me, but I I like it. <laughs> um, which and these things are also things that I don't normally have time for because my commute is so long that I would have to get up at an hour that I I, I mean I should be getting up, but is very hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's kind of my first area of media that i've been using to help me deal with all of this Mm -hmm. um unlike you i have been able to read uh but i've i it's almost comfort reading for me that i'm doing right now which is going to sound insane based on what i'm actually reading uh on monday i picked up lord of the rings to reread for the i don't know how many times i've read it but i honestly haven't read it in over 10 years. Um, I'm going to guess the last time I read it, I was in college. Uh, so it's comfort food because I love Lord of the Rings. I have always been a huge fan. Um, and it's kind of delightful now to read it again, you know, 10 years since the last time and come at it with sort of a fresh perspective on it, um, or at least a different perspective. Uh, so I, I have been plowing through it, relatively speaking. Um, it is a massive thousand page book so it doesn't feel like i'm making massive progress but uh you know i'm 150 almost 200 pages in not quite at rivendell um and that has led to us uh watching the lord of the rings movies movies that i haven't watched in many years but like being quarantined is or you know social distancing is a pretty good time to do a 12-hour movie marathon um (laughs) so we watched uh fellowship in two towers yesterday and we're wrapping it up with return of the king today yeah, you talk about comfort food. I have not reread. Um, well, I, I read The Lord of the Rings in high school, and I have not ever actually reread them. Um, but I watch the movies whenever I'm sick. Mm. I just I put them on because I know that I can sleep, like I can fall in and out of sleep, yeah. and I'll know, I'll always know what's going on whenever I wake up, um, and I can just kind of fill a day with that yeah, on yeah. In the background. It was kind of insane. Like, we started watching at 2 yesterday, and then we finished the two towers. Like, there was maybe an hour of, like, food break and all the rest of it. But, we like, we finished two towers at, like, 10. It's like, good lord, I spent the entire day watching two movies. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're three and a half hours long, obviously. And, of course, it's the extended edition, so, uh, you know, yeah. I have a controversial opinion about that. You don't like the extended editions. Well, okay. So I should preface this by saying that this is not my opinion about Lord of the Rings specifically. Mm -hmm. This is an opinion I have about extended editions in general. Mm -hmm. I tend to think that there's a reason that certain things get left on the cutting room floor. Sure. And I am also a person who always thinks that movies can be shorter. Like, <laughs> however long that movie is, it's too long. <laughs> uh, normally, I agree with you. Lord of the Rings, I make the exception for. Oh, um, yeah. There, oh, are de- yeah. there are definitely scenes. Like, I'm taking it. It's almost a case-by-case basis. There were scenes um, 
where it's like we it's like we we know the two movies like the the normal edition and the special edition well enough that we have like an 80 percent sense of which ones are the extended scenes and some of them it's like this scene did not like this was a good thing to cut because it's not doing anything to advance the plot but me as a fan of lord of the rings is like happy that it's now in there um sure but it was the exact right choice to cut it and there are other scenes where it's like you're kind of losing a little bit of character development by losing this but also uh you don't want a three and a half hour movie, so fine. I guess this is what we're gonna cut. Well, aren't the extended editions more like four hours? Like I thought the theatrical version. of the versions... King is theatrically three and a half and extended four. The other two are theatrically three and extended three and a half. And see, well, I guess now I have time. I was about to say, who has time to watch that? Everyone, everyone has time. Exactly, which which is one reason that like. You know, we actually went and, and are doing this now because it's like, well, what else are we going to do? Yeah. Um, so my comfort food media tends to skew more towards horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not been reading a whole lot until recently, and that will that will get to um, in a little bit. But I have been listening to Salem's Lot mm. on audio. Um, my mom laughed at me when I said that I was listening to it as a comfort read. And the thing about horror is that typically, this is not always true, but the stuff that I come back to for comfort purposes, the bad guy always gets it. Hmm. Like, we are currently being faced with a bunch of evils in a bunch of different ways. But when I read Salem's Lot, I know the vampire gets it in the end and that is a really satisfying thing to kind of be consuming right now mm-hmm. um, like the sense of like goodwill triumph yeah yeah and the sense that no matter how bad things get and things get so bad in that book <laughs> yes um that, that the vampires can't come out during the day that when you stake them they'll die mm-hmm. um like the rules and that there still are apply. ways yeah, there are rules and they function under them and the you win by knowing the rules better and being better at exploiting them. Mm-hmm. And that is what I th- I think that is a very comforting thing. The other um, thing that I've been watching that kind of conforms to that is I watched or I've been watching um, the most recent season of American Horror Story, 1984 which is slasher themed like 80s summer camp slasher movie themed Mm -hmm. um it's i don't know that i would call it good um (laughs) (laughs) but it has been very entertaining i'm about two-thirds of the way through and i i really think that ryan murphy should just always make parody media because when he has a set of rules to operate under it makes more sense when he bends or breaks those rules. Mm-hmm. But I think I think his weakest material comes from him kind of writing his own rules because he is not very good at consistency. But for something like the 80s slasher movie, and this um, 1984, I think, draws most specifically from the jason movies he's the the kid at the summer camp right yes which yeah. is friday the 13th yes yeah um it, it, the the 
front half of the series takes place at a summer camp where 14 years earlier a horrific massacre happened and now it's being reopened so like it's very it's very friday the 13th mm-hmm. um and ryan murphy kind of true to form he doesn't stick to those rules but the ways in which he changes and operates under them still makes sense well like we the audience come in knowing the rules so when he changes them we're already aware of what he's changing right we can see what he's doing better right right um yeah i i have i may actually finish this season i have not finished a season of american horror story (laughs) since um coven i think my my typical mo has been watch the first four episodes really enjoy it watch two more episodes get disillusioned and then abandon it so <laughs> i i look forward to actually seeing how this season ends <laughs> nice nice um speaking of seeing the ending of things uh for the past week um we've been doing a double feature evening tv watching which is we'll watch a couple episodes of the new um altered carbon uh really enjoyed the first season i really enjoyed the book um the second season stars anthony mackie which is great a plus him it's fine it's not as good as the first season but it's perfectly acceptable netflix watching um but we'll follow that up with a couple episodes of the west wing um specifically we're watching season six and seven which i have never seen before um i stopped watching the west wing at the end of episode or at the end of season four um never saw season five got the pass to not watch season five which is apparently the weakest um, and so we jumped right into season six. Um, so I've been sort of, I've been playing Pokemon while watching the West Wing. Uh, and that's been a really nice combination of, uh, like delightful comfort foods. Um, and also consuming something new that's still in the, like, it's still the West Wing. So it's still something I'm, you know, a fan of and, and is comforting. Um, but it's the stuff that I haven't seen yet. Um, and you got Alan Alda and you got Jimmy Smith's. So like, you know, it's still pretty great. So here's the thing about season five. I I watched The West Wing first as a binge watch. I had never watched it before it was available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. If you watch it multiple, if you watch it as a binge, I think it's fine because mm-hmm. it's really only the front half of season five that's terrible. It takes the it takes the new showrunners a couple like about half a season to really get into it. And those episodes are not great. Right. But if you're watching it all in a row, like if you watch four episodes a day, I think you notice it less than if you were watching it like one episode a week. Sure. Because instead of being spread out over a month of, of not good television, now it's just a day of not good television. Right. And like I've watched things on Netflix where frankly, if they were um, streaming or if they were airing weekly, I would not have continued to watch them. Like if Stranger mm-hmm. Things had been a show on network TV, I would have stopped after the third episode. Yeah. Yeah. It really took me until like the fourth or fifth episode to really be into it. And I think the same can be, tr- the same can be said for, season five of the west wing i don't think it's as bad as people say that it is i think that the adjustment was fairly sharp and if you don't have to kind of slow burn that adjustment i i think 
I, I don't think you need to skip it. Mm. Uh, well, I, I'm already halfway through season six at this point, so I don't necessarily oh, yeah. <laughs> see myself going back to watch it. No, no. <laughs> I guess I would say for future rewatches or for our listeners out there, sure, I fair. am one of the few people, I think, who will wave the banner for season five because sure. I, I don't think it's as terrible as everybody says that it is. It's just it was it was transitioning into a different show, right? And like they they lost Sorkin, so you know he is such a powerhouse, you know. I mean that's the creator. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they lost his voice, so the show had to find a new one. And while it was finding that new voice, it, things I think were a little rocky to yeah. start. Yeah. But season five also introduces one of my favorite characters, whose name I need to look up because it's been a minute since i've watched the west wing it's not john goodman's character is it no although he is pretty great john Um, goodman in anything is pretty great yeah no is the the um female head of security Mm. yep i know who you're talking about and i haven't the slightest idea what her name is god what is her name i'll find it fill for time da 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 um well as you're looking that up i'm gonna uh sort of transition into the last thing that's that i've been um consuming this week which is twitter uh normally a uh yawning maw into the shrieking abyss um twitter is definitely still that but also occasionally has its bright spots um a plus number one tweets of the past week and have caused me to follow them is the shed aquarium uh now that it is devoid of people has released its penguins uh and so there are just short videos on twitter of penguins wandering around the aquarium looking at the fish looking at the exhibits going up to the information desk um penguins are the silliest creatures possibly ever i love them so much and just having them waddle wander through the aquarium is a plus um so whoever the shed aquarium's uh social media people are you guys are doing some really good work um the field museum obviously has sued the t-rex uh and responded to the penguins with a person in an inflatable t-rex costume wandering around the field museum and looking at like the stuffed penguins uh in the bird hall which also was excellent uh social media ing um so if you're on Twitter uh, and you want to continue to be on Twitter, definitely give the Shed Aquarium a follow uh, because penguins are great. Um, I would also like to give a shout out to the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City. Okay. So recently they, they are closed just like everybody else. Um, so they have turned their social media over to Tim the Security Guard. <laughs> who has been tweeting and is a delight. He has clearly never used Twitter or cared about Twitter before. (laughs) (laughs) The the feed is at NCWHM, and the adventures of Tim the Security Guard are one of the purest and most wholesome things. Um, Yeah. That's great. Um, the last little bit of Twitter thing, I literally just found this five minutes before we started recording. Um, Nick Heath is a British sports announcer. I think he normally does rugby. Um, I have never heard of this person beforehand, but he's a professional sports announcer. So if you have ever listened to 
less likely British football, more likely British soccer being announced with like those fast paced British announcers. That's what he sounds like. Um, clearly he has nothing to announce right now. There is no rugby being played. Um, so he is just doing sports commentary and announcing for the things he's filming around, you know, the neighborhood. So he's watching some dogs run around the park and he's doing the play-by-play announcement of that. He's watching some, like, just two guys kick a soccer ball, doing the play-by-play of that. Watching people wait for a bus, doing the play-by-play announcement of that. Uh, it's very funny, very wholesome, and uh, just sort of a nice nice look over uh, with how the British are also failing to deal with this properly. So, uh, Quick sidebar, Kate Harper is the character I was thinking Kate of. Kate Harper, all right. Played by Mary McCormick. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes on the scene as some kind of head of security. You can tell that I really love her because I remember almost nothing about <laughs> the character. But like I said, it's been a minute. I mean, like she, um, she kind of just, she, for me, she just showed up in season six and I'm like, oh, something security. And Martin's like, yeah, something security. And it's like, great. She just kind of fits in with the rest of the cast uh, I mean, yeah, in a very she, natural way. Yeah, she starts in the back half of season five. Mm-hmm. Um and I love her much more than I love Will Bailey, who they brought on to replace. Oh, I like Will Rob Bailey. Lowe. I don't appreciate him. <laughs> I, I like Josh Molina in his non-TV exploits. He and uh, Rishi Hirway mm-hmm. do a West Wing weekly podcast. I was that is just going to ask if you knew about that. Um, speaking oh, please. of... I knew Rishi from when he was a guest star on Gilmore Guys, so I knew Rishi when he was doing Song Exploder. Well, so he's there. still doing Song Exploder. Yeah, uh, but he's he's teaming up with us. I mean, Newsrot to do a cooking podcast specifically about like sort of quarantine cooking. That sounds wonderful. Yes, it is one thousand percent up my alley, um, and it is called Home Cooking. I Delightful. Think. I keep meaning to make salmon's uh, focaccia bread, which I hear is like perfection. Mm, yes, uh, even just watching her make that on the Netflix show, I'm like, oh. I haven't watched the Netflix show yet. I should do that. You should that's do that. It, do. Is, it is the most comfort show, food food show, whatever. Um, I'll, alternate it. I'll alternate it with episodes of Kingdom, which I've been watching on my lunch breaks. <laughs> that's a Korean, right? Yes, it is yeah. a Korean period drama that is also zombies. Ooh, interesting. It's What's incredible. it on? Netflix. Ooh. Hmm. Yes, right. I watch it. I watch it because giving myself the subtitles to concentrate on has actually been very good. Uh, it means both that I can't watch it while I'm actually working, mm-hmm. um, but that when I am on my breaks, I leave my workstation and go somewhere else in my house. Yes to watch that physical separation between work and home is very crucial now that we're all working from home yes all right was there any other media that you're you're consuming to make you feel happy i've kind of i think i've talked about all of mine well i so what i alluded to the fact that i've been having difficulty reading recently and one of the things that has kind of helped snap me out of my fugue state is the fact that my overdrive hold on the institute stephen king's newest book just came in so this was a book that came out last fall i had it 
um, as a physical hold for like three weeks and realized I just wasn't going to be able to get around to it. So I returned it. I did the responsible citizen thing and I returned it so that the next person <laughs> on the hold list could get it. And I put it back on hold and then it wasn't coming and it wasn't coming. And finally I was like, well, I'll put the electronic copy on hold so that when it does come in, I can... Sometimes I find reading on my phone or on my Kindle to be less uh, intimidating than mm -hmm. reading a physical book. Mm -hmm. And so I've had it on hold for about four months, and it finally uh, finally came in yesterday. So that was a little bit of the, like, all of the rest of the books that I had lying around were not inspiring, but this one, <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that's getting me back on my feet. Um so I'm maybe a hundred pages into that. It is very, you know, okay. Words are hard and I want to make this a pleasurable listening experience. Um, so Stephen King's tone, even when he is writing kind of in a modern setting always has a fairly retro feeling to it. Mm -hmm. The Institute is clearly set now and has a lot of references to very current pop culture that I'm finding almost jarring. And like because, not it, because a, it's like it's it's vibing against his more retro sort of normal because aesthetic. Because the like the tone is the same, but the nouns are different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like, wait, why is Stephen King talking about like? dabbing i don't understand <laughs> and it's because <laughs> it's because he's writing it's because he's writing a 12 year old in the year of our lord 2019 or 20 or whatever so it like it it is it makes total sense in context but it's still a very like wait what's happening <laughs> oh that's great but it's good oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so far it's yeah. very good. Great. Um, he's he is balancing out that character with an older, not older, in his like mid forties, um, but an adult male character who's in small town South Carolina, I think. Mm. So we're still getting a little bit of both of those. All, all the classic kings, king kingisms. Yes. Just not in Maine. And the thing that I had just finished before the end of the world started um sorry that was a flippant joke it's not actually the end of the world it's just very trying times right now um but the thing that i had finished before we all went into social isolation is a book called the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires mm -hmm. which will be released in april i think april 20th is when that one's coming out so something for people to look forward to that is about a book club of housewives in early 90s Charleston, South Carolina, um, and how they uh, deal with the vampire that moves into their neighborhood. Lots of good vampire uh, lit that you're consuming right now. I know, kind of accidental, although I think reading Southern Book Club is why I felt... Um, like why you picked up Salem's Lot? Why I picked up Salem's Lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very, like, Fright Night. Mm. Um in feeling but, only the heroes are the moms rather than their teenage kids. Sure, sure. And it's 90s instead of 80s. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that book. If we had done a regular What's Stuck in Your Head this week, that would have been my 
uh, my pitch. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Speaking of uh, normal uh, weeks and what's stuck in our head next week, that seems like a pretty good place to wrap and give our homework for next week. Yeah? Yeah. Sweet. So, so for our next episode, we're going to be talking about pandemic and quarantine media um you know just we, we picked it out of the hat uh lots of ideas like, we had going around but seemed like the right time <laughs> um but no we will be talking about uh media that is more specifically about outbreaks quarantine um and how you know processing those media can help us process what we're going through right now um, so for my homework assignment, I am picking the novella The Kingdom of Needle and Bone by Mira Grant. Uh, this is an under 200 pager. She writes tremendous short fiction. Um, so yeah, we, we've done a, a Mira Grant novel before on this podcast, but picking up Newsflesh again seemed maybe too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta say, uh, I really enjoyed Feed, which was the previous um, Mira Grant we read. I got it uh, digital and had no idea how thick it was and thought it'd be like just another quick uh, YA book. And then it just kept going. And I was like, oh, am I going to finish this in time? Uh, uh, I it did. is neither quick nor YA. <laughs> right. Uh, things I did not know when I started reading it. Um, I finished it. It was great. I'm looking forward to reading this next uh, Mirror Grant from you, Martha. Yeah, if you, this is not official homework, uh, listeners. This is just... Um, a hot book tip for Pete. But if you liked that one, um, I recommend Feedback, which is another Mirror Grant. It's essentially the same story as Feed, but from the point of view of the news team that did not get the presidential campaign. Hmm. So it's a different, it's same world, same kind of world events, uh, but different cast of characters. Interesting. It's pretty self-indulgent, but I yeah. also just really love Mira Grant um, slash Shannon McGuire's writing in general. Mm-hmm. So I did not mind. Sure, sure. Um, I'm going to be assigning the 2011 Steven Soderbergh movie Contagion. Uh, this has seen a massive spike in popularity for the past month for no particular reason. Um and it is it is available uh basically for rent anywhere you can rent movies um looks like it's about four bucks on you know your itunes your amazon prime whatever so uh not too bad i don't think it's streaming anywhere um hulu has it if you have a subscription to something cinemax Cinemax. stars cinemax great um so if you are one of the five people who has that you can watch it for free on hulu but otherwise it'll cost you about four bucks on itunes or amazon prime or youtube um and, and for, Kingdom of, for Kingdom of Needle and Bone, uh, check your library's electronic collection first. I know mm-hmm. many libraries are um, have provide access to things like Overdrive and Libby and Hoopla. If you can't find it there, um, do, 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 call your local bookstore. Like we said before, they may be able to send you a copy. Um, Support them before supporting Amazon, but if you have no other choice, you can get the Kindle edition of Kingdom of Needle and Bone for $5. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Um, While people are waiting for our next episode, with bated breath, I'm sure, 
Uh, you can also check out my other podcast that I do with Pete's wife, Marin, uh, called Love Ya, which releases on opposing Wednesdays to this podcast. And like this podcast, is coming back from its temporary and unexpected hiatus. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss Emo the Musical, which is currently streaming on Netflix. <laughs> this This movie, you guys. This movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, you can find the show on Instagram and Twitter at DYDYH Podcast. Uh, we will return to updating more frequently. Uh, you can find us on Facebook if you just search Facebook groups for Did You Do Your Homework? We're like the first thing that pops up. Um, you can find me at Magical Martha in all of the places. Um, I've have not been super active on Twitter recently, um, but that comes and goes in cycles. Uh, you can read my newsletter at tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha, which may start updating more frequently. Who can say? Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pico3000. I have been very active on Twitter recently. Um, politics and pop culture and also trying to push those penguin videos and other uh, nice things in between the tweets of the, you know, raging hellstorm maw of twitter and uh current society oh quick side note while the topic of social media is once again uh brought up brookfield zoo mm -hmm. uh, one of our local institutions uh is going to be live streaming on facebook every day at 11 a.m they're going to be doing different like meet the animals meet the oh, facility fun. yeah so I got an email newsletter from them, which was the first thing that kind of made me cry in all of this because they were like, we depend on daily ticket sales to feed our animals. And I was like, oh, oh no. no, oh no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll be fine. I'm sure that they have endowments they can dig into, but yeah, look into, if you, if you have local museums or zoos or other institutions like that, they may be doing more social engagement uh, in the virtual sphere. And that one just struck me as like, I can hang out with Brookfield Zoo on Facebook for an hour in the middle of the day to like meet their elephants or whatever. Look at some pandas. Yeah. But yeah, the Shed Aquarium penguin videos have been delightful. Yeah. Penguin date time, date night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's all we have for you uh, today. Thank you for your patience. Uh, bear with us as we uh, kind of sort out this new world that we're living in. Um, and we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Sounds funny to say class dismissed because there aren't any classes, uh, you know, around anymore. But this particular class is dismissed. <laughs>